Welcome to the Raider Nation Podcast, show number 87. Well, I know your blood's boiling, because mine is too, because doggone it, it's getting close to football season now, isn't it? And the Raiders' blood's boiling too, because it's hotter than hell out in Napa, that's for doggone sure. It's been a hot one here in Northern California. Normally pretty hot anyway. It's good for those guys, I think, anyways, to train in the heat, because they got a long season ahead of them, and it actually lessens injuries. So let me go over the show that you're going to have for you today. All right, today, ANG Newspapers, and they say news writers as well because they don't give an individual to this particular story because they would be probably assholes of the week. But nonetheless, a look at Raiders training camp. It's an interesting perspective. I'd like to share it with the Raider Nation. Also, another story today will be Porter the Potty Mouth. Because he's such a child, we have to speak about him in such terms. Okay, there'll be some new rule changes. They're going to talk about the new rule changes in the NFL. Personally, I think the rule changes are changing football, uh, not for the better. Okay, Morrison pushes Clark to the pine. Pushes Clark to the pine bench. You know, uh, Clark took Morrison under his wing, and we all remember this from last season, and helped the young man out in his first season. Now he's taken his job as middle linebacker. We'll talk a little bit about that. We will also do the Frapper map, and we'll do the comments form. Of course, there's some great comments on there from the Raider Nation. We'll definitely hit this right now because i got to get the middle of the show, or the front of the show, or the beginning of the show, however you want to say it. Tickets are available. Uh, due to the graciousness of one of the Raider fans out there in Raider Nation, we have two tickets for each game of the season, including the preseason. Um, get your face and mug on the Frapper map. Get your Raider garb on. Get in that comment section and tell us why um, why you deserve the tickets. Give us a reason. Uh, we have, matter of fact, now we have some entries in there. They're pretty awesome. Get them in there because... Right now, as far as numbers go, you got a real good chance of getting two tickets to a game. So there you go, Raider Nation. Remember, you have to be 500 miles away. We will be announcing winners two weeks prior to the game so that you have an opportunity to prepare to make the trek to Raider Mecca. Okay, we're also going to go over a little bit about Bay Area Sports Press. And let me just start about that right now. I'll talk about it right now because I'm flipped out about it right now. You know, Bay Area Sports Press, us and the the people here in the Bay Area are used to it right now. Most all, and I mean all media, uh, papers, uh, news stations, local news in general, and sports really play up the 49ers and play down the Raiders. They play up the Giants and they play down the Oakland A's. Even though the Oakland A's have more titles than the Giants, have won more championships, have been more to more championship games, it's typical. The A's don't get no love around here. Uh, aside from the Oakland Tribune, Tribune, who does give them some credit, the San Francisco Chronicle, which I don't expect anything less from because our good friend, asshole of the year, Ray Ratto writes for them, has been, you know, always bias on the Raiders. And, and this year is no exception. I wanted to go over this because I thought it was so funny. 
there's no news coming out of the 49ers training camp lately. So the Raiders news was actually the only news we got really in NFL uh, for this particular area. Uh, a couple of days ago, there was a couple of stories about the Raiders. They were small, um, with the exception of the huge picture of Jerry the Powder, uh, or Porter, however you want to call him, on the, the front page with his money belt on. What a clown. Anyways, long story short, uh, San Francisco gives no justice, no no props to the Raiders in today's Sports section was perfect reason for that. The 49ers opened their training camp. All color photos, beautiful spreads on the Niners, new draft picks, big front page, blah, blah, blah. You know what? Forget those guys anyway. That's why the Raider Nation podcast is here. That's why the Raider cast is here. That's why Raider Take and Calico Jack. That's why all kinds of Raider fans are putting the news out because – the mainstream media falls desperately short. Okay, that was my rant and rave on that particular issue. And if you need it, I'll send you some tissues. All right, we'll go into the first story that I'd like to talk about today, which is the story about our lonely poor child. Yes, the ever so misunderstood Jerry Porter. Now, I know you Raider fans out there feel very bad for this $20 million contract young man. I know you have sympathy for his whining. Raider Nation looks forward to seeing him on the field, and they understand the poor and regrettable circumstances that have brought this young man to Oakland. We also understand that the poor lad has never had an opportunity to make it big in the NFL because of the Oakland Raiders. So I want to go and talk about, um, I'm going to paraphrase an article here that I found in on a blog, The Raider Way. Um, very good blogs, very cool. This gentleman here has got a nice article here, and I have to paraphrase it because it's very good. So here it goes. It's called Further Evidence. And he talks about Jerry Porter being a 5150. So as if we needed it. Here's yet another reason or further evidence Jerry Porter is indeed 5150 and should be locked up for his own protection. He is truly in danger of hurting himself and others. <laughs> this is a great article. Can you get it already? Because that's what a 5150 is actually defined as, because I know I've taken many of them to the hospital. Word is the latest, the latest person Jerry Porter has decided to complain to uh, between calf injuries is uh, about Art Shell regarding his way of being victimized to the tune of being paid $20 million over five years while allowed to sabotage the team like a block of C4. He's complaining to none other than Gene Upshaw, the NFL's player representative, number one guy. And Jerry Porter is also the team's union rep, which is kind of funny anyway. But uh, let's go on. Am I the only one uh, inhabiting the planet delusional these days? Or does Upshaw and Shell go together like peanut butter and jelly? Well, no doubt. They played on the same team for 10 freaking years. Both Hall of Famers. What can I tell you? Isn't complaining to Upshaw about Shell's basically the same as complaining to Shell about Upshaw? Last time I checked, Art and Gene are like two halves of the same coin. Heads and tails. 
tackle, and guard. Apparently, Porter either doesn't know a damn thing about Raider history or he just chooses to ignore it. You can't see that there's a me in the word team. Well, he, he sees it because he rearranges it to make it that way because that's Porter's way. One thing is certain. We hold the truth to be self-evident. Self-evident that Porter's a frickin' punk is what it is. It is time to call the man the big butterfly net. The, let's call it bit, let me start that over. It's time to call the man with the big butterfly net and shoot Porter with a tranquilizer, dart him, stuff him into a room, and put him into the psych ward of the padded cell. Mr. Porter now is now 5150. Are you a freaking crazy? Uh, that's that's the, not the question. Who the freaking blue blazes do you think you're talking to here? So he goes on to say how stupid Porter looked when he was leaning over and it looked as though he was bitching to Gene Upshaw. That's the NFL guy again, our man in front of the union, and I'm all about the union. But this is great. This is a great blog. Check it out. It's called The Raider Way. Um and it's it's put out by Stickham. Stickham is a gentleman who writes the article. He is the bomb. He's got some great takes. There's some other articles on his blog, and it's very, very cool. Thank you, Stickham. I hope you don't mind me butchering up your story just a little bit. So let us move on, shall we? Okay, the next story here. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> now, I have always been a lover of officials, as you know, the Raider Nation, because I've called them out a million frickin' times, as you know, Raider Nation. So, here's a story on the new rules and regulations this year in football that they will be, quote-unquote, watching, specially watching out for. There are some things that are changing. Personally, I think that they're over-managing this game the rules and regulations are good for safety in certain situations, but this is a collision sport. This is a sport that's supposed to have some hitting. That's why people go to football. That's why people see rugby. That's why people like to see contact sports. It's the contact. It's not because of this whistle blow and that 15-yard penalty. To me as a fan, I will tell you it takes the entire enjoyment out of the game after the third penalty in 15 minutes. It takes the momentum out of the game. It takes the possibility of change in momentum from one side to the other. It is not something that I enjoy seeing. Of course, I'm a Raiders fan, and most other fans would say that, yes, you are bitching because you get penalized more than anyone else. Well, you guys know the whole story behind the more penalties than anyone else. Of course they're going to throw the flag. They throw the flag because we're the Raiders. If there's any doubt in their mind that there could be a possible penalty, the Raiders catch the flag. Thus, of course, before I get into this article, I will once again resound and sound off to the tune of this. If you're going to get a penalty, if you're a player on the Raiders team and you're on the field and you nudge somebody from behind or you think you might have got a penalty and you just think that you see the official going to pull the flag from behind his G-string, then what you should do is grab the back of the guy's face and throw him 
face first into the ground and step on his neck. Because if you're going to get a 15-yard penalty for nudging him or perhaps holding him, then you should hold him by the nose and kick him in the ass until they blow the whistle. Yes, you get your 15 yards anyways, but they know that we mean business. And no matter what the rule changes are, I think if you're going to take a penalty, you better make sure that penalty counts. And I mean blood. Okay, I've gone on my tangent long enough. On to the story. Aaron Brooks' knees can rest a little easier. A league officiating crew set down with the Oakland Raiders, most penalized team in the NFL last season, well, no doubt, every season pretty much, and went over the rule changes this season at their training camp in Napa. High on the list is protecting the quarterbacks. Of course, we all know how golden the quarterbacks are. They've always been cherished. Against hits from the knees down. When they have one or both feet on the ground, the NFL's Competition committee also adopted rules that will shorten instant replay reviews and crack down on collar tackles from behind uh, and individual celebrations for whatever. It doesn't say touchdowns, or you could rip someone's eyeball out and be celebrating with the eyeball on your finger, I guess, and they can also throw a flag. Okay. Art Shell has said quarterback rule is necessary to guard against serious knee injuries. I agree. You don't want your number one man out there. And Carson Palmer was a great instance last year for this kind of rule. But like I said before, injuries will happen in football. It's a collision sport for crying out loud. What are we doing here? We're not playing tennis. We're not dodging a little yellow ball. We're not hitting a little white ball. We are hitting each other face-to-face, knee-to-knee, elbow-to-elbow, and every other pain you could possibly think of. It makes it safer for the players, Shell says, and I understand that. The rule focuses on short a sort of play that happened to Cincinnati's Carson Palmer, like I said. There are exceptions to the rule, but like any other rule in the NFL, with the Oakland Raiders, the officials will throw the flag before they know for sure what the rule is all about. Only afterwards will there be uh, not an apology. Eh, I don't think so. Well, it would be, I'm sorry, we didn't need to. Eh, I don't think so. I think, yeah, they threw the flag. Tough shit. It's the Oakland Raiders. They're the most penalized team in football. Need I say more? The referees now have 60 seconds to review instant replays. Last time I looked, they had the same amount of time, but they used more than that every single time. Well, they said they had 90 seconds, but it always seemed to take three or four minutes for the doggone thing to happen, unless you were the Oakland Raiders. And they went right to the penalty, and was there any replay? Eh, never replay. Was there any opportunity to change their mind? Eh, I don't think so. Why? Because... We are the Oakland Raiders, the most penalized team in football. I will say this. Shell has been very awesome as far as trying to eliminate the dumb penalties, the ones that we can avoid, like the the start, um, offsides, things like that that are simple penalties. However, the situational penalties, the ones that I call judgmental in a referee's mind or imagination, whatever you may call it, those penalties are the ones that he had no control over and It'll be hard to work on, and those are the penalties that are usually the 15-yard type that I say, if you're going to get the doggone penalty, make him pay with a little bit of blood, uh, perhaps some spinal fluid, whatever could be the deal. Okay. Well, I'm sorry I kind of went off on a tangent there, but I had to, so I did. Bada bing. 
You know, this whole thing about referees is just, you know, a, a, a total sore subject, but I have to go through it because it's part of the game. And the Raider Nation knows and feels exactly what I say because we've been there together when we were chanting, bullshit, bullshit, and it resounds throughout the entire Coliseum. Um, more than one occasion, I'm sure. If you've been there, then you know that. <laughs> Morrison takes over Clark's job. Well, that's kind of surprising considering Danny Clark was a very productive linebacker last year. And then, but in this article, you'll see how it's not surprising because we had the worst linebackers in the league last year. That's what they're saying. I don't believe it. Second year player grabs starting spot from his rookie season mentor. That's what happens. When Kirk Morrison was thrown to a 15 starts at outside linebacker last season, one of his primary sources of strength was middle linebacker Danny, I like to be on TV, Clark, who took the rookie under his wing. Maybe Clark shouldn't have been so good with this kid and as good of a mentor because it figured that there would be changes because he supplanted him in the middle linebacking spot. There figured to be some changes at linebacker this season. It's been among the team's weakest positions in the last two seasons. So Oakland drafted linebackers from uh, UTEP's Thomas Howard and also second-round USC Darnell Bing in the fourth round. No one was too surprised when Courtshell announced that Howard was working with the first team, so that puts some strain on Clark as training camp began. The surprise was that Morrison uh, had shifted to the inside and put Clark on the bench or on the second team. Clark, with 242 tackles last season, was always in the tackles. I remember seeing him from binoculars. He was a very active linebacker. However, like I said before, he couldn't do it all himself, and I think maybe Ryan sees some more speed, and Clark's just a little bit slow on the step. <clears throat> it could be an awkward situation for Morrison, who's uh, clearly looked up to Clark for the whole season to help him out with his rookie year. And, you know, can you imagine any job you've ever had before, Raider fans, when you have a mentor and all of a sudden you're their boss? It's a freaky, weird feeling. Uh, the one thing I can say in all the situations I've been in in that situation, I've always remained friends and respect of the most utmost for people that I've surpassed in rank. And it's a, certainly a, a cool thing. Uh, to see other people grow and beat you in rank, too, because it works both ways. <sighs> so Morrison said recently, I think one of the biggest things that um, that's helping with this whole transition is their relationship. They understand the opportunities are presented to them, and they have to play that position when the coach says so. Clark doesn't bear any grudges either. You can imagine, just like I said, their relationship's pretty solid because of the team relationship they made when he first came on as a rookie. You know, he's got a different role right now, and he's used to adversity because he's been in the league for a while. And I've talked to my good buddy Gene Taylor, who's an ex-football player, and there's a whole lot of things that happen. You have to be able to take everything with a grain of salt, just like Danny Clark is saying. Also, you have to understand one thing. It lights a fire under your ass, and you start to get things going, and it makes you think, I need to keep my job, and that means i got to step it up. The Raiders have used Clark exclusively in the middle, and they are committed to the 4-3 scheme, which they're supposed to be committed to this season. Um, 
So Clark could capture a starting position back either there or somewhere else, depending on what happens with Bing and Howard. I seem to think personally that Clark will come back in the first lineup because he's got all the experience. And even if the two other guys are, are decent, I believe Rob Ryan's going to make Clark work a little harder this year, and maybe this is one way to light a little fire under him because he might be a little short in his potential. And to simplify all this stuff into one little thing, Morrison is replacing Clark, but I just don't think it's going to be a permanent thing. I think they might switch off depending upon the team we play and the threats from each team that we must beat down. That's what I say. Okay, that's what's going on there. That's got to be an awkward situation, huh? I think so, because you got somebody there that uh, that you mentor, that mentored you, and here you are taking over your their job. That's got to be brutal. Um, but like all NFL things, this too shall pass, and these things will work themselves out throughout the season. Welcome to the black hole. Okay, this article is a trippy article by Jerry McDonald, but it's interesting. It has a different insight, and I was kind of captured by it. I couldn't let it go, so I'm going to hope I don't destroy this one for the Raider Nation. So here we go. Napa. It's only eight practices into training camp, and history reminds us that we are that we see on the field in July is not necessarily what you see in the regular season uh, or in September. Take 1997, for instance. Jeff George was performing daily miracles in a red jersey, throwing medium-range strikes to Tim Brown, rainbows to James Jett, and passes so accurate even Ricky Dugley held on to him. If there's a Hall of Fame for practices, Jeff George would be on the first ballot. Is that funny or what? Because he was such a spaz in the game. Fast forward two years. Rich Gannon comes into the picture, who's having an erratic early camp. He's scrambling from the pocket. He throws. There appears to be an ill-advised throw to a receiver. He doesn't remotely expect the pass. It falls short, falls long, and Gannon's ranting and raving like a lunatic out there. Why aren't you catching the ball? Now, here's the weird thing. After the practices of this season, when Gannon's decision to throw the ball uh, was brought up, uh, the way he was throwing the ball was brought up to coach John Gruden at the time. John Gruden explained it like this. That's his quarterback. He's simply trying, that's the way a quarterback is, he's simply trying to teach his receivers never to give up on the play. The poor passes were done on purpose to make a point. The poor passes were made on purpose so that the receivers would make more concentration and try harder to catch these balls. The response was greeted with the roll of the eyebrows from the assembled beat writers, and surely the Raiders had blown it and overpaid the journeyman quarterback Gannon, and Gruden was trying to cover for his mistakes. However, and let me just say it again, however, Jeff George... Great stats in 1997, but also killer mistakes and had virtually no leadership skills. The Raiders went 4-12. and Boy, does that sound like Kerry Collins or what? Great in practice, crappy on the field. Jeff George, too. I already said that was the experiment. Jeff George, number two experiment, was Kerry Collins, and that's exactly why. Now, Gannon, on the other hand, in 1999, directed an efficient offense, would later lead to three consecutive division titles and a berth in the Super Bowl. 
So in both cases, slow snapshots of camp, they were deceiving. The reason I think this is interesting is this is how the article starts. And then the article goes into what the Raiders look like on offense in training camp. Also keep in mind that this is the first eight sessions of training camp. These people don't know the plays. They really haven't gotten the book together. And the number one thing is they have to get the timing down. In all of football, at every position, it is timing, 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 and technique, technique, technique. Those things have to happen. And you just don't get those after eight doggone practices. You don't get them after three. I mean, you don't get them after ten. It takes a long time to make these things happen. Hopefully not too long. Uh, into the season that we can get it together. Hope we can get it together reasonably quickly. This is one of the things about changing coaches, and I could go on and on and on forever, but let's not do that. Let's get into this article. Using both of these instances as a backdrop and realizing that it's not necessarily what you see at the first part of training camp is what you're going to get in the regular season, that's what I wanted to say, and I'll say it again. During the two-minute drill, first-team offense against the first-team defense, Jerry Porter broke free across the route, called for the ball, and Aaron Brooks delivered the pass, batted down by Tyler Brighton. On second down, Brooks throws the ball behind Courtney Anderson on a deep ball down the right sideline. Oh, quarterback mistake. On third and ten, slot corner Tyrone Poole comes free on a blitz, knocks the ball away from Brooks, grabs the ball, and picks it up and races towards the end zone. The second team came in, and the only completion came from Andrew Walter, yes, who ducked under a rush and completed a medium-range pass to Johnny Morant. Yes, Johnny, baby, he's the man. I'm telling you, Raider fans, watch Johnny Morant for the first down on a broken play. But listen to this. Andrew Walter, I'll just say that once more. Andrew Walter, he's going to be the man, I'm telling you all. The Raiders eventually trotted out Sebastian Jankowski to push a 52-yard field goal attempt wide left. Boy, does that frickin' sound familiar. Jankowski, you better get it together, boy. I'll tell you what, this season I don't want to see that crap out of you. You cost us some games, at least three last season. Why <sighs> that flips me out. There wasn't a well-executed pass on either series. The rest of the morning session wasn't much better. The last session, Moss was performing daily miracles. His big plays have been few and far between this year. Uh, the afternoon practice was improved, in particular with all-time Raiders three quarterbacks and success finding virtually every tight end on the roster. That's good because we got to get tight ends, but that means that uh, we're not getting any break away from our regular receivers. So, eh, But it's all, like I said, it's all pre it's all pregame, and it's all the beginning of training camp, so we really can't take a whole lot of it, but this is a description of what it looks like at training camp. Now, the funny thing is I've looked at pictures, and I saw uh, the pictures of the crowd at training camp looking at the training as it's going on. I really don't see a whole lot of laughs and smiles and positive looks. It just sounds stupid, I know, but if you look at those photos, it looks like every single fan that's on the bleachers looks a little frickin' concerned. Telling you right now, uh, that doesn't make me feel very happy. That's one thing. As feel silly and as, as weak as that sounds, I take a lot out of that because I can look at fans and tell where they're happy, that's for sure. Now, the Raiders have changed their offense under... 
Walsh. Coach Arshell didn't dispute the theory that, that the Raiders are more familiar on defense with the concepts of Rob Ryan and are further along on defense. Absolutely, because they played with him for three years, and the majority of the defense has been able to help the newcomers. Now, I said this before. I said this before we even drafted, that the defense, if the defense got some help in this draft, which I was hoping for, that the defense would be the stars this season. I'm going to say it again, and I'll keep saying it to the Raider Nation so that we are consistent throughout the Raider Nation podcast. I have great hopes for our defense. Now, I know that there's been a lot put into the offensive line, and we have big improvement. I really don't think that's going to happen this season. Thus, my 8-8 eight eight comment. Now, here's the problem I see in this whole article. Tom, I used to be mayor of Brokeback, Idaho, Walsh. You're living in your own private Idaho. Living in your own private Idaho. Tom Walsh could be setting up this same offense as when in 1994, where Hostetler had to hold the friggin' ball for four seconds. 3.5, 3.8, 3.2, between three and four seconds, and he was getting obliterated. Just like Brooks is, just like Walter is. It's scary for me to see that this early in the season that the defense is so much more on top of the offense and they're not seeing that it's not just because the defense have played together for three years. It could definitely be because Tom of Brokeback Mountain, Idaho. Oh, gosh. His offense is just not an offense you can run in this day and age. Well, we'll get an early opportunity to see that when we play the Eagles, and we'll see how long it takes for good old Aaron Brooks to get rid of the ball. If it takes any more than 2.5 seconds, it's bad. It's bad for several reasons, but it's bad for this. Our offensive line are rookies. Walsh's offenses are long offenses. They take a long time to develop because he's always looking for someone down the field. Let us hope that this is not a repeat of 1994 and we can continue to improve and get better as an offense. Like I said, be prepared for the defense to come in humongously in the doggone season. Now there's been some there's been some injuries, there's been some other issues. Uh, Lamont Jordan was injured already. There's some things going on with that. Um, and Justin Fargus is playing very, very well. Rod Smart is coming out too. He hate me guy from the Arena League stuff, <laughs> looking pretty good. So uh, we should we could see some little changes in here. Uh, Randall Williams, who returned Thursday afternoon, Friday morning to practice with some sore back. So Randall Williams once again got some things going on. I'm not happy about that. Also Langston Skywalker is having trouble adjusting to his new position. I think perhaps he just is trying to get back into shape from his doggone injury last year, which was a brutal one. I'm just telling you that right now. Okay, well, enough going on and on about that stuff. Let's get to the Frapper map. And if you look right here, Raider fans, on the front page of the Raider Nation podcast, you will see Kyle, I'm going to say Gubby, G-U-B-B-E, and family. Now, this is like my family, a Raider family. He's got three little ones. I got three little ones, or mine aren't actually that little. Uh, check it out. He's from Olympia, Washington. He's got a great 
take. He's going for tickets. He's going for our tickets, which is cool. So I will forward those to the gentleman who's going to make that decision. All those go to him. And he's going to make the decision, and like I said, two weeks before, you're going to get your, your guarantee. If you win, you'll get your guarantee of seats and all that other stuff, and we'll get a hold of you. Trust me. Uh, one little thing I wanted to throw in before I get into the Frapper Map. Uh, Randy has this on here, the Podcast Awards. Now, I'm not a big guy about raising my own flag or blowing smoke or whatever else. I've never been that way, but Randy seems, seems to think this is a good idea. And, hey, he is the master blaster. And one more thing I can say, he is the master of the Raider Nation podcast and the brains behind the whole situation, obviously. And if he says it's good, well, that's good enough for me. So I want to encourage you to vote for me on the Raider Nation for the Raider Nation podcast, podcast People's Choice Awards. It's a cool thing, and if anything, shit, if anything, we'll show that the Raider Nation is number one in podcasting. I know it is. I don't need them to tell me it is. I'm a Raider. Let's look on the Frapper map, shall we, and see what we got going on. Now, <clears throat> our Frapper map's been moving right along. Heck yes, it's moving along a lot. We've gotten a lot of new entries, and we got Kyle on there, and I didn't I just encourage the Raider Nation to get on there and do it. Because I'll tell you, as a fan, there's nothing better, especially this time of year, than looking out and seeing the nation before you even get to the parking lot and a tailgate. It's cool to see people wearing their garb, doing their thing. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. So uh, look at Kyle's. We got another one. And Kyle, like I said, is from Washington. We got another gentleman here, Doug Hopkins, Raiders Rule, Springfield, Ohio. Here's a Raider fan that could use some tickets. Shows a picture of him at the Coliseum watching a game. Now, here's another picture from Lil Vicious. Lil Vicious. <laughs> she looks like my daughter, which is why I'm laughing. It's pretty funny. I love the Raider Nation, all shapes and sizes, ages, and professions. I love it. I love it so. She's a New York Raider, and it says, screaming my face off my, with my daddy watching the silver and black. She's going to be a vicious Raider fan. Check her out. Very cool. Ryan Hammond, thank you. Win, lose, or tie, Raiders till I die. He's from Murrieta, California. I used to be down there. I used to cruise around Murrieta, California. It's a nice place. It used to be called Rancho, California, but now they call it, call it Murrieta. Or it's any, anywhere it's by there. Oscar Almegar, Almegar. I think I'm pronouncing that right. I hope I am. I'm sorry, brother, if I'm not. He is from Mexico, from Nuevo Leon, Mexico. How do you like that? Huh? Pretty cool. First NFL game I saw was a silver and black when we crushed the Redskins. And from then on, he was just a lover of the silver and black. Man, I'm telling you, Joseph from Anaheim sending all the love to the nation. Kill them, boys. I love that. What's up, nation? Matt, I love Matt's picture, man. <laughs> I love you, Matt. You're awesome. Check out Matt's picture. Tomzo, Raider Chris. I could just go on and on. Uh, the Frapper map is something you have got to check out and definitely put your picture on there because it's fun. It's fun for the nation. I, I know a lot of people who go and check that out, too, whenever they get an opportunity. Okay, let's go down here to the comments, and we've been hitting them hard. People have been coming in big time. 
It's very cool. It's very, very cool. So here we go. Raiders comment section. Okay, here we go. Ghost to post. Brooks, a.k.a. Stabla. I just got done listening to Jim Rome talk about how the Raider fans think Aaron Brooks is like Ken Steyer reincarnated. With all due respect, what an ass. I am optimistic and looking for the future. Life is full of events that lead individuals to a certain point in their life and place. And Aaron is now with the Raiders. Some people don't get what the Raiders are all about, but some of us do. I just think to how many Super Bowls that Mr. Stabler and Plunkett have been to. And I think of Manning's. I think about uh, Marino, Kelly, Fouts, McNair, who haven't even touched one. Aaron Brooks doesn't have one yet, but you never know. Jim Pluckett didn't have one before he led the Raiders to two Super Bowl victories. I agree with you 110% that this is Aaron Brooks' time. He is a perfect individual for the rebirth of the new quarterback that's in him, and I think the Raiders will give him that opportunity. I hope he can hang in there because he's going to have to run a lot, especially in the first couple games of this season, until that offensive line settles down and gets into a rhythm. And I will tell you that for sure. And I think Aaron Brooks understands that as a professional. I hope he does anyway because that's what it's going to be. He's not going to have much of a choice but to understand. But I agree. Aaron Brooks could definitely set it on fire. We're going to have to give him more than one season, however. New York Tommy Raider. Now, Tommy, the New York Raider, has a long story here about um, why he should get the tickets. Now, I'm not going to read his thing right here because I'm going to read them all individually when we get closer to picking these uh picking the ticket holders so i'm gonna stay away from uh going over the the game ones and stick right to the the comments and not the the game comments if you know what i'm saying i hope i'm clear i'm clear as mud i'm sure okay here we go cny raider fan porter's a dick Okay, I have to agree with you. I'm getting tired of the pain-in-the-ass porter. I just read off SanFranciscoDate.com that the, his problems that he had with Shell and Freddie Bolitnikoff, and he basically told the head coach to his face that he didn't like the way things are running. He hasn't said anything to Art since that, and that really isn't a good thing. We need some sort of communication between the two of them. We can't just cut him because of the cap penalties. Absolutely. I guess we have tried to trade him for two number one picks while Porter has admitted that he isn't worth that. He wasn't even drafted number one. I think uh, it's time for the Raiders to cut their ties with him and trade him for the best offer presented. And either that or don't play him. The team doesn't need a cancer like that in the locker room. And I agree with that. Uh, I wish that we could ship him off to Dallas and be with that other sourpuss uh, Terrell Owens. I agree with that, of course. And let me just tell you about this thing. Now, I didn't go over this in this podcast, but I will. Yes, uh, Porter's been a pain in the ass. He came to training camp with a golden a belt uh, with rhinestones in it with dollars, and he looked like he was all that with his sunglasses, making a big statement, and I'm sure his agent... Uh, sent him to acting class so he could act like an idiot. Now, little Jerry Porter. I'm going to start calling him Jerry Lewis because he's almost funny. If it wasn't so sad, it'd be funny. 
to be paid that kind of money and still uh, not produce. Uh, you know, I don't know what this guy's deal is. I think the 5150 story pretty much says it. But here's the Raiders fans coming out against this idiot, and I have to agree. Porter needs to grow some balls. I think so, too, because little little Jerry Porter has no hair down there. I don't think his sack actually has dropped down yet. Okay, so Jerry Porter is a little baby, and he needs to realize he's not going to get babied under the shell offense like he did with North Turner. Turner kissed his ass. If Porter wants to go, let him go. We don't need another T.O. and his bullshit incident over here in Oakland. He's a good player, uh, but his attitude needs to go. Uh, an attitude and playing, I think they go hand in hand. I think we need to get rid of this guy. There's no way to cure this cancer, even with radiation. Honestly, think he misses Norv Turner, and he wants a babysitter. And Archell ain't going to do it. He doesn't have time, and he's not the kind of coach he is. So, it's not Archell's fault that you are, you're an asshole. Pretty much, that's what I think, too. And in every form I've seen, yeah, it's pretty much what everybody feels about that. Okay, here's Raider Tommy, nominee for Asshole of the Month, Jerry Porter. Well, you know what? That could be because usually I, I hold that spot highly for uh, the Bay Area media or anybody who will slam the Raiders without having a, an actual point other than just wanting to rant and rave and being a hater. Jerry Porter, uh, last time I checked, his last name wasn't Rice. I agree. He's not Jerry Rice. He's full of potential, but that's about it. If you can't handle the nasty, get your pussy ass out of here. If Doug G and Ron C stay healthy, goodbye, Porter. And, yes, the Raiders should demand some first-round picks for him. Uh, did you hear what he said? Of course I heard what he said. Uh, and then Raider Tommy comes in harsh and, you know, screw you, Porter. Uh, he's saying, thank God that I didn't get his jersey. Yeah, what a drag. Imagine all them poor suckers who got Jerry Porter's jersey. Well, hopefully uh, he'll give that jersey right on over to Randy Moss, and you can just take the name, put a black piece of cloth over it, and replace it with Moss. That'll save you some ducats. I think that's pretty funny myself. Okay, here we go. Rick Wilson this is my good buddy Rick. Rick is rocking. Miss Porter, is it powder? Is it porter or powder? What's the deal with this underachieving whining ass? I only make $2 million a month, but I'm a munching asswipe. He has lost his friggin' mind. I guess he's serving notice to Moss that he'll be wearing his own customary 84 jersey. We'll miss you, Porter. Take your sorry ass across the bay because all we know is that you would look good in red and gold a.k.a. the 40 Winers. 40 Winers could use another two-pump chump, and maybe you and Mr. Rogers can have a reunion party. That's for sure, because that's where Turner went. What a waste of potential talent. Oh, yeah. Well, we shoulda, coulda, woulda uh, never put money in your bank, for crying out loud. So farewell, good riddance, Morant, Francis, Gabriel. I tell you, Morant, watch that guy. He's the guy. He's the guy. Rant Francis Gabriel Curry can help out Moss quite nicely, I think. So take your whining, sniveling ass elsewhere. Maybe the nuts without bolts, the chefs or the donkos. Yeah, that's it. Make our division rivals take a big hit in their cap. As far as I'm concerned, I think you're a load that... <laughs> Should have been swallowed! Bada-bing! Gotta say that, because that's what he said. Can't candy coat it, because there ain't no candy on that one.
Okay. Oh, here we go. Now, Raider Rick comes in again. Now, I have encouraged Raider Nation to go to thebolttalk.com and try to get on his site because they're talking crap about the Raiders already, and we got to get this thing started. we got to get the party started. Let's get the hatred of the nation in there, and I suggest you go to forums at bolttalk.com and check it out. And I think you should love seeing all the stuff they like to say about the Raiders, the haters, the traitors, and all the other Raiders suck situations. Put your stuff in there, man. Crowd this guy's site. He is a hater to the bone, and I think it'd be beautiful for the nation to click on his stuff and keep going. Send some rockets in there. Get some propaganda, because I know Rick Wilson has, and it's pretty funny. He's not the only one. Raider Nilbilly Boy got in there and launched some nuclear weapons. So did Randy. Randy put a Raider Nation podcast sticker as big as the screen. Every time he hit on, on what Randy said, this thing would just eliminate, obliterate the screen. Beautiful, Randy. It was awesome. I still laugh about it. Dolttalk.com is by far one of the gayest sites I've ever seen. I can't believe they let a Bengal fan in there. It's like they didn't have enough Dolt fans to fill up the table. He's talking about this table full of Bolt fans as there was a picture of this little Bolt Talk or Dolt Talk uh, committee that they had. And there was a guy there with a Bengals jersey on. So I guess it's okay for the Bolts if you're another team, anyone besides the Raiders. So whatever, Charger Ray, uh, you're a geek, and he probably is. He probably doesn't even know where he is. Someone just threw uh, some dolt crap on him and <laughs> as a practical joke, and he took this picture. That's pretty funny. Okay, here we go some more. I love you guys, man. Keep going on this forum. It's killer. You guys should check it out. Okay, Colorado Chris. I love Colorado Chris. He's a good guy. Here we go. There's a Kyle Gubby has his thing for the tickets in there. You guys should check that out. Read that one. It's really good. All these are good. So take a chance. Don't take a chance. Just come on over to RaiderNationPodcast.com. Check out the foreign section. It is freaking hilarious. You must see it. Uh, I laugh daily. There's just it's It's great to see the fans. You guys are awesome. We're awesome because we are the nation, the Raider Nation. Colorado Chris, one week until we see the silver and black. Come on. Leave my lonely Mariners alone because Tommy the New York Raiders is always capping on the Mariners. Poor Chris. We don't pay for our championships. Of course, New York, he's talking about the Yanks. Uh, we don't even pay for a 500 team. That's for sure. Uh, so he also throws out the gauntlet. Tommy, are you thinking of flying out for some games? There you go. He's got three lockdowns, so Colorado Chris is going to be there for three games, and he's trying to get one for Seattle. He's wondering if Jorge is still questioning his loyalty. I don't question your loyalty, brother. I don't even question the loyalty that can't even leave his room because he's a Raider fan. If there's a guy that cares about the Raiders, if you say you're a Raider fan, be a Raider fan. You don't have to travel anywhere, man. You're part of the nation. That's what's cool about being a Raider fan. And Colorado Chris, my hat's off to you. You're putting the ducats down and coming to town. It's a beautiful thing. Come on by the Raider Nation podcast. Please, we should be in the south lot, which would be awesome. You'll see uh, my stuff there. I should have a banner, I'm hoping. Uh, we shall see if that happens, though. So, 
be there. Come on, have some suds with us and anyone else coming to the game, especially uh, if you win them tickets. And I remind you again, get yourself on the doggone program and let's get rolling because uh, we got things to do, places to go and people to see. I got to get these tickets out. And if you don't want these tickets, we'll just give them to the locals. I'll just tell you that right now. We'll, we'll give them to people that's less than 500 miles away. Make your plans. Get your stuff in here. Get those things going. If the guy that has these tickets picks your name, you'll know two weeks beforehand, and you'll be going. So get ready to go. I'll tell you right now, we're looking at, um, there's like five games, five, five games, six games that are still even open for anybody because we don't have that many entries. And that's okay, too, man. If we only have 10 entries, then 10 people are going to games. If we only have eight entries, we got eight, eight entries going to the game. That's all right with me. Makes it easier to pick. Uh, but I'd like to see more people put their situation on there. It'd be funny. That's what it's all about. Okay, Raider fans, I've been talking way too long in this podcast. I'm trying to do it uh, once a week, but you know, as it kicks up, the season comes. I got two times a week on this thing. My voice will be working along with the rest of me. So, Raider Nation, thank you for tuning in to the Raider Nation podcast, your place for your Raider fix, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right here. And Randy should be back from Hawaii on the 7th. And as you can see, the site is continuing to change. Thank you, Randall. You still rock. Thank you, Raider Nation. I am Raider Greg, and I am out.